All right. Well, welcome, uh, Steve. Good to see you. How how are you? Uh, how are you holding up this week? Uh, Kevin, I'm doing incredible. Uh, actually, I've, I've been pretty busy. Like it's it's just crazy how much stuff I don't know takes over, and then trying to fix bugs and you know add features all at the same time getting ready to launch and nice yeah because that was the thing is uh you were kind of waiting for the first of the year before you could officially yep. launch um and so now that you're free and clear how did you set up your like stripe account or whatever it was you were gonna take payments yeah with? so i i actually what's weird is i actually haven't started the company yet like i've still been working on stuff I, okay I, I don't i don't really like starting the company but whatever like i'll go to the secretary of state and then I'll file the forms, all that other stuff. Um, I have actually been looking at, at um, so like historically, like all my other companies, like I've never done like a Delaware corporation, but I've heard mm. a lot that you should. And so I don't know, yeah. like what what is what are your companies like? Is I don't know if you can. They're share not that, Delaware, like, and I think okay. Okay. the I'm we originally it. started in Texas was which was actually great, um, and. I would say that every lawyer I've spoken to has mostly said, don't worry about that right now because you're not big enough for it to be that important. Okay. When okay. it gets to the point where, what I'd say is if you decide to take money and go with like, you know, get if you ever get, decide to get funded, I believe the venture, venture capitalist or the angel investor, whoever is investing in you will probably ask that you switch to Delaware or switch to whatever they prefer in terms of their structure. So you'll just have to switch out of it anyway. So until you actually need it, I wouldn't, you know, if, if you're worried about mostly just protecting your assets, um, you know, switch, you know, an LLC in your home state should be fine. You know, I would say, and, and also if you, you know, it makes it convenient. <laughs> So, yeah, so no, I'm comfortable with that process already. Right. So and so it's like with sales tax, you're not going to avoid sales tax by creating an LLC in a place that doesn't, you know, ask for sales tax for SaaS anyway, because your nexus will be in whatever state you're living in. So, so yeah, you, I just heard like a lot of people talking about it. So like one of my friends, he started a company in his home state. And then when he went for funding, like then they're like, no, you did it all wrong. You screwed mm. up everything. Mm. And so kind of the last thing I want to do is screw up everything. And so I figure like, mm. why am I at the start? Like if I should, but truthfully, well, I guess it probably doesn't matter. Do you think, did that stop him from getting funded or was it just that they were annoyed they had to redo everything? Actually, it, it was kind of weird. Like um, he was part of uh, like the, forget the name of it, um, like, I think it was Foundry University. So it was Jason Calacanis. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, the accelerator that he had or his, his kind of startup, <clears throat> excuse me, his startup accelerator. And that's where, yeah, that's where he ended up getting told like, no, you got to, okay, you got to change what you're doing. Um, but he also did get funding previously from somebody, I think got it was it. actually like a, another accelerator in in a local I, state. So yeah, I understand is that you can, stuff. yeah, like even with them, they probably wanted to change what he was doing. They probably, I don't think it's, as far as I know, I don't think there's something where it's like, it's so bad that we can't, you know, if they're really, if they're really interested in your company and they want to fund it and it's doing well, I don't see why they wouldn't just say, okay, well, it's some paperwork. Let's move everything to a different, yeah. you know, I just moved everything from Texas to Arizona. You know, I mean, that's, it's more paperwork, but it can be done. 
So um, right. anyway, I, I would say, you know, you could, but I'm not a lawyer. So talk to a lawyer, I guess, would be for f people out there. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't no, listen to us. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll just keep it like, I, I don't know, like if there was anything like I'm missing out on some something, yeah. like I was going to, I don't know. So it's probably easier for me. Like I've done it probably like 10 times. Like cool. created companies here. So like that's, yeah, if you're done, I know the board, process. Do you still have 10 active LCs out there or do you, uh, do you, no, do you close no. them down? Um, I think we might have four. Okay. Um, maybe yeah. three. Yeah. I think um, maybe three now. Like I, I'm trying yeah. to remember what <clears throat> there's one in plus. Like, I mean, we kind of tried to shut it down, but there's still money coming got into it. Got it. it kind of trickling in so sure um we've had to keep it but yeah i, I think so. this is all the stuff and then i even dislike I, I mean i wish i wish there i mean I'm, gl I'm glad there's a way to do all this in a way that's you know there's it protects you but i don't enjoy all the paperwork and stuff but you know that's just part of the i guess necessary evil and it'd be nice to have to get to a point where someone just manages all this um you know because you're at that level but we're not there. So I, a lot of this, I just have to do myself. Yeah. Our, our CFO, we don't have one yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so right. Good to see it. Kind of sucks. Really uh, but we do have a really good accountant. And so she's, good. She, she's good. I mean, sometimes she gets frustrated with us stuff we do, but um, I mean, for the most part, like she, nice. she helps us make sure like we don't screw anything up too bad. Very good. All right. Oh, I love it. Cool. Um, and then, so you're working on that. Yeah, what have do you, you been... Do you have a launch date, by the way, I was going to ask? Uh, do you have anything you're shooting for? Uh, yeah, so I've been shooting for the 16th. Okay. And I believe I'll hit it. Cool. Um, so, I mean, I think that's kind of the thing. Like, technically, I've kind of opened it up already. Mm -hmm. I I don't have a... I have a sign-up process, but I want to gate the people. So I do have, so I do have like, a website that okay. is running that you you sign up right so it's like a kind of by invite or whatever so like they would just sign up and then ask and then there's a there's some other people i'm going to just start like putting it out for them to begin nice. using and so that's i'm trying to like finalize all the all the features kind of all the issues that they they want and then like the little annoying things yeah. that that have been bugging me so do you have a I think I'm pretty uh, close. website you're ready to announce yet or do you want to announce that next time um, I don't have it ready to announce yet. Okay. Um, but if you look at my trademarks, like it's on there. Um, and the trademarks, when I filed them, I used a different website because I didn't, like, I actually ended up buying a domain, mm. which I was totally against. But I, I just felt like it was, yeah, like it was buying a domain from like a domain squatter, I should say. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Got um, it. Buying, as like, opposed to just buying a domain. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, so, why are you against buying a domain? Yeah, yeah okay. I'm afraid of DNS. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I ended up getting a domain, so that okay. changed. It doesn't actually change the trademark application. So I do have I do have it publicly hosted there right now so people can sign up. But okay. um, in the next couple of weeks, I'll have it in another place, and then I'll have other people testing it out, and they can, they can play around with it. Okay, cool. And uh, have you had any feedback from folks that are um, using it? At this point, um, yay or nay, or what do they or improve this or improve that? Yeah, I think so. I think there's like a couple things. So it does make 
stuff really simple, right? So you upload an audio file and all of the work is done for you. Okay. And so now the majority of the stuff I get is, well, how do we, we already have all this other stuff, right? So how do we migrate or how do we integrate with that? And so I have built a couple of integrations. And so then, so I mean, those kind of work. And actually, I, I probably need to go through and finalize and get some tests for yeah. those to make sure they're, they're still functioning as, as expected. But yeah, I mean, mostly now it's just been like, how, how do I use this, right? Like, how, mm -hmm. how do I get to this every day, right? So it, it's for okay. people who, who've had existing podcasts, right? And they have, they have some traction or whatever. And so they like, they don't want to screw that up and I don't want to screw that up for them. Mm. Right. And so it's like, how do we, mm. how do we allow them to use this? And so that's where like having integrations with other podcast hosts, I think is important. And so right now there's a popular one that I've been working on for a number of people who use them already. And so I think I have, I mean, I, I have that ready and that's been working. And what so do you I mean, mean by another podcast host, like another podcast platform or hosting platform yeah so so a platform that hosts podcasts basically. okay like um, a what's an example of one like a i know like the, transistor transistor okay yeah got it so you your system will integrate with it is the idea yep yeah and, and so that's i want to be as i want to cause as little disruption as possible mm -hmm. right? throughout the whole process kind of my philosophy is i want to make it easy right so if you're using another podcast host I want to be able to, you know, help you still use them or help you do whatever you need, kind of however you need yeah. with as little, with as little impact to you, right? I want to make your life easier. Got it. If, if it's got to be hard and you got to try to move all this other stuff, I'm doing something wrong. So my, my goal is okay. kind of simplicity. And if anything, I, any feature I'm trying to create, if I ask like, will this make somebody's life harder mm -hmm. for them to use? Then the answer is probably shouldn't do it how do you know that your your target audience for this is existing podcasters versus new podcasters oh that's who i'm dealing with right now okay right, so that that th those are my existing so those are my new those are the people that are using the the platform okay so i don't necessarily have new people i think i mean we're new right yeah. to the platform and so like we we don't have an existing user base or any of that other stuff right whereas these other people do and so that's really the thing is mm the people I know today already have podcasts that are established. True. And so I'm coming in, making their life easier, but at the same time, I, I need to be able to support them in to some okay. extent, right? Because are but you I, hosting I think, the RSS feed for everyone or are you, or is Transistor hosting the, the RSS? What, how, how does that work? So I'll, I'll, I will host, so, so both. Okay. Right, so I can host it. But then again, like when you're hosting it, right? That's just some URL. Yeah. So, you know, that's my URL today for like the domains that we have sure. versus if somebody else has it self-hosted or hosted on some other platform, right? I want, I want them to still be able to use whatever they're using, right? So, yeah. that, so that if, if they need to move off or they don't, like, I want to make that easy. And so like, yeah, so the content, you know, and, and with some of the APIs, it's easy. You can just pass like, here's a URL for the episode and so those other podcast hosts can just process that with their api so it makes it really easy for me to integrate some of them but ultimately i i do think you know newer podcast subscribers like i'm, I'm looking for for people who are trying to start their podcast or have maybe had a podcast in the past that don't have a lot of time but want right. want to still do it right and kind of make that make that easy
interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. I think that would be, um, you know, as sure as you'll know as you go along, which direction probably to focus more on is the newbies or the um, the existing. I mean, the nice thing that existing is that they are established. They may already have an audience and they're probably more willing to pay. So that's certainly, you know. Yeah, they know the problem. They mm -hmm. know the problem space really well. Right. And so that that's what's been most helpful to me is having you know, kind of seeing it firsthand, like where people are running into issues right. and being able to, to show them like here it's solved. And yeah. So that's cool. That's been, okay. Um, All right. So maybe next time we so, talk, will we have the actually, website? Yeah, actually next time I was going to say, we, we may need to move it to another day, okay. um, like one day after, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I should have some, ready. some news on there. I think I'll, uh, maybe this weekend I'll start the company and then, get all that ready i do need to build in the a lot of the subscription pieces and that yeah. like i haven't been doing that so right now like i need to I need to figure out a, the, the process around that right and that's okay yeah sounds good okay. i i uh think that part is kind of the tedious part but it is important um i'm thinking for us we actually built kind of a lot of our own subscription stuff using stripe apis and stuff but uh, now it seems like you can just make it even easier and they can manage a lot of their subscriptions directly with Stripe um, with just like a, some sort of button, I think <laughs> in your, in your okay. dashboard that they can like click into and that takes them to their Stripe interface and they can manage their, their whole Stripe account that way, update their credit card. That a lot of that stuff would be nice um, to take off our plate. So I think we're going to be trying to move towards that and replace our system with their system uh, this year. Yeah, know. from what I've seen, Stripe is really good. Like, yeah, especially when it comes for you know to developers using their stuff. I mean, do you yeah. do you know of anything up and coming or anything that's um, that other people are using instead of Stripe? Or yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, I just hear Stripe, and I, I guess I don't know what the best thing is, what the right thing is, but I've just I've just heard Stripe all the time, and so that's kind mm -hmm. of where you know I, I, I don't want to be the heard... one using some weird thing. But yeah, the, the, the problem is I haven't heard of too much else. I mean, back in the day, it was PayPal. No one I know is really seriously using that. I think if you're a SaaS developer, um, right? Maybe you could do Square, but yeah, it's a good question. I don't, I don't. Nothing else comes to mind. I mean, I know that there's people that our customers are often asking us, do you support a different system? Um, but in terms of actually getting up and running, I, I don't know what else I could think of to recommend right now, just because you're kind of, you, you, they really have to make a compelling case for for you to build on their platform and just don't know if you're going to, if they're going right. to be around. Remember Braintree back in the day, Braintree was like kind of on. Yeah. 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 Brian Johnson's. Yeah. And you know, that's no longer, it's like PayPal may support it kind of like in maintenance mode, but I can't imagine it's growing. So, I mean, there's even something yeah. like that where it was really promising and then, you know, and then it gets sold and then somebody doesn't like PayPal probably was unfortunately one of the worst people to sell, sell that to because they had no interest in really keeping it. Uh, they just wanted to, I mean, at least at least as far as I can see, I don't know that they did or not, but it doesn't seem like they've really done a good job caring for that. And so that would be the risk, right? right? You have enough stress already, and then you you hear that your provider of, of subscriptions is going down the drain. <laughs> right, right, right. Crap. But yeah, I mean, maybe Square. Yeah. I Square could probably, I think Square has looked, you know, they've, they've probably tried to make themselves a little more SaaS friendly. I know that... Uh, you can finally create like online buttons and stuff. 
maybe they have recurring. So I'm, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, there actually there was now that I think about it, there was a there was a SaaS company, SaaS focused subscription kind of manager out there that I cannot remember the name of. I can try to find it if you're interested, but it it was pretty snazzy for running a SaaS and a lot of even plugin builders for WordPress were using it. Um, so hmm. I can try to find that for you just so you can take a look at it. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so then what's been going on with you like in the, in the new year? You know, it's been off to a really slow start exactly. and um, I haven't really gotten too deep into what I need to. Uh, I think mostly we were, we have a, a rental home uh, in another town that's a few hours away. And so I was trying to get a tenant kind of set up for the year to start the year. And I finally did that, but we were kind of there for vacation. And so it was sort of like this weekend was mostly me clean, cleaning the garage, which was a big uh, uh, task that I haven't done for the past couple of years. So that was done. Um, I went on that kind of personal retreat last week, came back. Yeah. And then it was like just a you know, whirlwind of cleaning and getting the, the unit ready for the tenant. And uh, so I'm kind of recovering from all that. I haven't really jumped in as deeply as I could. I've answered a few tickets, but my, my main thing right now is this is supposed to be the year of marketing, but I was talking to my wife about it. And there's this big update that we need to push that I've been promising that we would push uh, to customers that has a lot of the things I've been asking for this year. And um, you know, I'm really nervous about <laughs> pushing this it's going to be a big okay. structural change. There's a lot of database changes, a lot of code changes that are, again, um, that will impact the way things are done under, under the hood. And there will be a lot of new features that um, I'm going to be rolling out all at once. And I usually, you know, I would probably say the best route is for any company is to not roll a bunch of features out at once. But yeah, I'm yeah, kind yeah, of, the waterfall approach. Yeah, <laughs> but I realize, like, given that, I'm a solo founder doing this with, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the QA myself. I'm doing some of the development myself, definitely doing all the, um, the repo management myself. And I just realized like, if I don't, if I were to take that approach of rolling out each feature by itself, this could be, they could be out by maybe the end of next uh, of this 2024. But if I do it now all at once, I just get it out, get it over with. And now I may have this out in a month or so. And the, and the reason for that is when you're doing marketing and support and product development, you, you really are basically spacing out any updates for sometimes months because you get things stable or you roll it out and then it takes a few weeks or months to get things stable. And then by the, and then you do marketing and then you're doing other stuff. And then finally you're ready for the next update. And it's like, now it's quarter two almost. And now I'm releasing right. the next major feature. And the, and the, the reason I'm hesitant to do this is because I think if I just actually update this app with this big update, I have the potential to release all these features that people are waiting for. And there's not much more that I need to like worry about. Like there's not a big feature after this that I have to like okay. start building because it's like, this is kind of it. This is it. Uh, yeah, we could build a lot more. We can make more tweaks. But in terms of big features, these are kind of the ones people have been asking for. So my thought is just to kind of hail Mary, throw it out there, do it. 
ton of testing to make sure it's as stable as we can. It's not going to break anything. And then maybe spend another month kind of like fixing little bugs that, that it has. And then I can now focus on marketing starting maybe like February uh, or March okay. and make that my push. Because I think that's kind of what I need to be doing is really migrating away from so, to marketing. Do all of your features like depend on one another or, or is there a reason like you couldn't just roll them out incrementally or is there? Um, I could, but they, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that it gets complicated whenever you're, you know, I don't know how much you work on a team with repo stuff or, you know, I don't know if that is part of your job at, you know, your day job and stuff, but my experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I do yeah. some, I mean, but typically like we just have, yeah, we'll have feature branches or bug yeah. fix and then we'll fix them. We'll merge them. And like, you're yeah. just pulling from kind of from the, the stable branch or whatever. Right. Right. And so sometimes there are, you know, there are a bunch of things that then go in to like maybe a, a beta branch that would get yeah. promoted or something, but it's still, usually it's still super incremental though. Is so someone like, managing I'm that? Fixing or this thing, managing fixing that? that. Um, well, for my stuff, like I'm managing, like other people manage it. Like I don't have, okay. I don't own anything. I don't own anything publicly that's, Got it. that's structured. So that's the thing that I'd say, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm no expert at this. I've just been. I've watched a fair amount of, you know, videos on this and courses, but I've kind of self-taught. I haven't worked in a, in a really, um, in a big team of developers where there's a product manager and all that kind of stuff. Um, it probably would have been helpful if I had that experience, but what I have found though, is that you don't need it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what I've kind of found overall, what's been working has been that we create a branch it's a version to branch again for our size. This is what works. Some people are like, Oh, why don't you just have automatic uh, pulls every week? And it's like, that's something that you, that makes sense if you were a big team. Yeah. But we're not a big, we're nobody. We're micro. So, I mean, I, I'd say we have a feature branch. It's stable. We have the features we're ready to actually publish at the time. What we've found is like sometimes by simply changing one aspect of that feature, like I actually had this happen recently where one of my developers added a tweak to a particular feature that we're going to launch. It literally broke three other things. <laughs> you don't know. You know oh, and, you man. and you're like, how did that happen? It, it shouldn't have, but it, it, because it was dependent upon a particular functionality that other things were dependent on. And there was a database change. It, it broke them. And we had to like, it wasn't a big issue to fix them, but it did break. Like if we had just pushed that out, people would be screaming at us. Like it broke my site. And there's a lot of things that are like that where, you know, it, it's, it causes me hesitation to just kind of have that aggressive stance because it's just more stress for me that I have yeah, to. Do you have a, like a CICD approach or anything? Like, no. so do you have any tests that would run? Okay. We do have some, but honestly, that's another thing that like, do, you know, do I build features or do I build an infrastructure for CICD? You know, and that, that's, a, yeah. that's another three yeah. months. And then it's like, I have to maintain that CICD infrastructure. And I have to, yeah. so it's like, when then you got to fix this, a whole bunch of bugs just to right, get just that to make thing sure. Running. And yeah. then are they actually working? Are they actually delivering real results that I can, that I can trust? Or now I have to kind of QA that. Do I QA the QA system? So there's so many yeah. things that like, in theory there, they make sense. But I think that a lot of these things that people say are best practices is my opinion is like you need to, you need to have a certain level of size before they actually become useful. Yeah, it, it, it's creating a lot of work. It's dependent, right? It's it's kind of like should you quit if you don't hockey stick in six months, right? I mean, it's right, sort of exactly. that. Exactly, it's all subjective. Cool. 
but yeah, they, yeah. In fact, there was a guy that um, I met on MicroConf. We, you know, they have these kind of like uh, you get on and you do these kind of short. They call them like dates almost, where you talk for a minute. Um, it's like a, a speed dating, effectively, uh, with other founders. And so I get on this call. This guy is like building an AI CI/CD ish like new new product that's going to do a bunch of automatic tests and all this stuff. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I did meet with him and later on we, we met it. And it was just like, when I thought about like how much this is going to be, it, it was like a, basically another huge to-do list for me to get his right. system to work. And I was like, <laughs> I can't right now. I just can't. So anyway, that's, uh, Oh, I hey, see, so- uh, Jeff, you're on. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to say uh, a friend of mine, recently was having a conversation about best practices with a um, with a customer a firm that um, you know was having problems with just any practices let alone best practices right. and you know the the comment i think that was made is well you know you know based on what i've seen you guys might want to practice on practices <laughs> you know best practices come after you actually are actually doing right. the practice so um but i i think I think, you know, the, the point is finding and developing these processes. It... Uh-oh. All right. And Jeff cut out. Jeff cut out there. <clears throat> Hopefully he, it's yeah. a good, it's a good still of him though. I like that. So as he was saying, like, yeah, he, <laughs> he always comes in at the best time. Yeah. I know Toby Lutke also says, I, I think his kind of thought is like, if everybody's following best practices, like everybody's just kind of like, being mediocre so there's mm-hmm. so I, I don't know i mean i think there's some there's something to it right if we're all doing the same thing yeah. like we're not innovating we're just right we're just doing the same stuff because we feel comfortable doing it so nobody's taking risks and trying other things mm-hmm. well that could be and i and i think i don't want to poo poo on best practices with, with all this stuff and deployment i think that's actually very important um i know you know think about the the migration from how Windows used to be released, which is sort of what I'm doing right now, which is basically throw <laughs> throw a bunch of features right, in your right, release, right. work on it for three years, push it out, and and then fix it. You know, after people realize there's bugs, um, that was not an ideal practice. And so when um, the new CEO came in, um, the current one actually, uh, I know one thing he was he brought to that system was a more of an agile approach to to Windows where. I think they, you know, they said we're never going to have another version after 10. We're just going to keep improving it. But they actually did eventually release 11. Um, but at least it's more agile, I think, than it used to be, where they're adding features more on the spot versus waiting for the next release. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I'm not sure, again, that I actually was thinking of doing that. And then it just, as I was actually engaged in trying to get it, I was like, it's time is just not on my side with this i'm just going to start i'm just going to you know focus on these big releases so that's what that's what i yeah, really especially if you're solo yeah for until i'm until i get more folks we'll just kind of do it that way um and see how it goes boom so anyway yeah we'll we'll see how that goes um you know i'm i'm learning as i go it's a process and uh but uh i'm always open well, to it's been working ideas. so i mean it's technically been working, <laughs> just yeah, very slowly. Yeah. So I, I look forward to improving as we as I go forward with better ways. I would love to get some uh, automated testing going. That's kind of a long term goal that I need to 
implement it. Well, and once you start containerizing your your workloads, like oh, it's just going to be so much more so simple. much better. Yeah, I, this is yeah, another just thing. kidding. <laughs> Makes everything easier. I've heard that promise. You know, isn't that right, like right, right. written on the uh, written on the studio walls? You know, sorry for yeah, the rush. You know what I would love but... is an AI uh, product manager that I can say, okay, here's all the features in our repo. Please merge them all, sort all the conflicts, and then uh, push that out. Oh yeah, do QA testing first. Push it One, out. This yeah, sort the conflicts and merge the right one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. How is that happening? Because you know. Well, you know, there's always not A B testing. There's A B C D E F testing yes. and sure. um, AI testing. Like right, saying. right. I was thinking, you know, AI, artificial intelligence. You know, you know, a lot of people are treating it AI as absolutely imperative, and you know, all these other, <laughs> you know, all of these other acronyms around AI, and uh, you know. I, I have yet to kind of hear them, but I'm sure they're coming. Oh, the, I've got a <laughs> so, bunch, but you so know, you're I, up I in... I'll, I'll work out the gems and then share those. Are you on a business trip today, Jeff? I am. I am. Nice. I'm. Uh, I am north of the border. Wow. So, the, a the great country of Canada. Yeah, it's actually nice. I love it up here. There's a lot to enjoy up here. Are you like directly above Minnesota? Uh, or are you no that that would be like winnipeg, winnipeg and yeah. um, so i am i'm in toronto okay. yyz you know home of home of one of my favorite progressive bands you know so what's the name rush you, oh, i know you've heard of rush yeah, yeah of course so, nice in fact uh the airport code for toronto is yyz which is a wow. famous song off of That's one awesome. of their fantastic albums yeah, moving pictures which changed my life so very nice i remember i was at a um there was a canadian music producer that i met once at a dinner <laughs> and he and he's like talking about you know he produces a few uh, folks and i said that's that's cool you know i i there's a lot of canadian artists i really like and he said oh yeah like who and i completely went blank and i was like <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, now you've actually asked. You know that one. You know that <laughs> yeah, one. Exactly. They sing that song. You know that right. song. So every time I hear about a Canadian band or I hear about a band that I like is Canadian, I'm just like, damn it. Why did I, why did I not know that or why did I remember that at the time? <laughs> that Save story that for comes next time. back to you. <laughs> it's you. So um, we just talked about our kind of where we're at. Uh, Steve mentioned that he's going to be uh, you know, planning on a launch coming soon, maybe even as early as next week. Um, hopefully, so we'll 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 kind of put a little pressure on that. Maybe um, what what is going on in your neck of woods, Jeff? Um, any updates? Um, a lot, a lot of interesting things. So just today, in fact, more interesting things um, with the with the slow lane, as we call it, um, has just gotten quite a bit crazier. Um, you know, I am due for a a role change and oh. doing some things, um, some different things. I'm going to be learning a lot on the SaaS side of things. Okay. I have gotten beyond my fear of, you know, evaluating the competitive market and instead um, planning on the differentiation. And um, I think even the pricing, mm. I've been, you know, again, going through Rob Walling's uh, SaaS playbook, 
and you know what a wealth of information mm -hmm. so uh, i'm it is helping to assuage a lot of the you know inbuilt fears and certainly you know bouncing things off of you guys for me right the neophyte here um the noob of the group um i you know i i guess it's one of those things where I'm I'm learning from a lot of others and just got to get out of my own headspace on it. Um, there's certainly things to uh, to kind of battle. You know, I'd, I've never done this before. Well, I won't be able to say that anymore soon. And um, the things that I learn, you know, I certainly listen to you and Steve go through some of the later stages of challenges and um, again, listening to this book um, and kind of it sounds like everyone goes through these facets and has to right. balance between the marketing side and the feature side. And, you know, even I think the the part I'm listening to or just finished listening to was about changing your pricing, mm. you know, increasing pricing and how to doing how to do that the right way. Right. Um, and I found it fascinating. He was talking about, you know, Netflix goes through this mm. customer unrest twice. Right, because they announce yeah. the 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 you know the charge or the increase in price, they announce it a year ahead of time, and everybody's like, ah, you know. And then when they actually get to the point of actually increasing the cost yeah. a year later, everybody's like, ah, you know. Right. So, and and you know, talking about well, how far ahead do you want to um, get in front of this? Why you do it? Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm digging through a lot of the the links that he's talking mm -hmm. about. Some of the I would guess I would call them case studies. Um, so um, digging through that stuff, but um, functionally, um, yeah, I've added some features it, up here that cool. um, being able to zoom into um, a live rendering of stuff that uh, is going to be part of the product. I should just kind of get to a point where I can fess up and tell you guys what it is, you know, um, and maybe I'll ask you guys offline what you think and um, whether that's good to to share at this point or not. Yeah. I, um, but, um, but yeah, working through it. And what is the pro and con in your mind of sharing? You know, what, what are you kind of battling with? internally about whether it's yes. you know timing and stuff maybe is it because we have so many listeners uh, is that yeah i mean you know it's <laughs> right. it's it's a mat yeah. <laughs> yes i'm so worried about that um no that's a good point kev i um and even you know doing that research and finding that there's a competitor um so what am i afraid of if i am so um, earnest about doing better than the competition, um, why can't I just, you know, dare myself? You know, I dare you, triple dog dare you. Um, right. But I, I would love some guidance there. You know, maybe speak into me a little bit about, um, you know, should I just, you know, fess up and get to the point? Well, I think we also come from sort of an e-commerce background, right? And especially like in Amazon, it's very. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of competition there in general, right? So you want to be careful, especially in the earlier days when you're just building a brand, right? Of telling somebody like what you're doing, right? Because you went through, you've done the research, you've built something. And then now for somebody else to just take that same thing is is nearly trivial, right? Like they're, 
they can probably find your same manufacturer. They can, you know, depending on their budget, they can get something better, maybe get some better rates, whatever. So I think that, mm-hmm. I don't know, that I, I try to look at like that for myself. Like, you know, it was always sort of like, you don't tell people what you're working on until you have Makes like a, you know, an eight figure brand mm-hmm. already locked in. You've okay. made your money. You don't care if somebody takes it from you. And so is that, is there, you know, are there obvious different rules? Because I, I still feel like that listening to, you know, Manny Coates and, you know, um, you know, the FBA, you know, what was it? The FBA podcaster, you know, um, always talking yeah, yeah, about the AMPM podcast, right. Yeah. Mm. Always talking about the garlic presses and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know um, so I guess I kind of want to know, you know, is it better to just kind of remain a little bit aloof about what I'm putting together now until it's actually launched? I remember there was a guy that I used to know who did um, drop shipping. He was really big in the, and he was, he'd made, this is back in the early days where you could actually still make some decent money from drop shipping. I don't know if you can now, but um, he would always talk about it. He had a podcast and he had videos, a YouTube channel. And I think his method was, he would never tell you what exact product he sold, but he would tell you what was furniture. And so you knew he was doing some sort of furniture, shipping or whatever. He never even told us. Like <laughs> I have no interest in job shipping, but he's, I still never knew exactly what his product was. Um, and then I knew another group who, uh, another couple, they sold massage chairs or massage tables and they tell, tell you everything about them. And I just, I remember... I don't think there was like a big difference between them, but I just remember thinking, you know, he had a bigger audience. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe with them, they could be more free about just telling kind of like friends and stuff with, with him. He did have this audience. They were following him. They were trying to watch his every move, but again, drop shipping is, is, is the easiest of, it's like, maybe there's a scale. Like it's the easiest of businesses to run technically. Cause once yeah. you get it going, you literally just wake up and there's your sales and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's the work that you have to do for the day, Yeah, you know, the packages that you have to drop off at UPS or have just click buttons or whatever. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Cause he wasn't even doing that. He was literally just clicking buttons. Well, yeah, if it's drop shipping, I mean, he's probably got APIs built in. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is doing the self-fulfillment right for shipping. Yeah. So now it seems like in the Amazon world, once you design a product and all that kind of stuff, which takes a lot more work than drop shipping, definitely. But once you kind of have it out there and people know, oh, he's, he's selling, you know, garlic presses. Um, he's talking about how well he's doing. He's giving us his numbers. Let me just copy that. Cause I'm an unoriginal person. Yep. 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 You know, right. I'll just go to his, uh, I'll just go find a similar, you know, uh, manufacturer or maybe he right. mentions his own and what a fool. So I could definitely see the ease uh-huh. of getting into that. Yeah. Because I'll retail, race him to the bottom, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Then you kind of get into SaaS where I think it's a little more mysterious under the hood. You know, you could say everything even, you could, you could literally be as honest and transparent as you want. And it will still will be much more challenging to recreate it in my opinion, because you have to have every ingredient there. You have to be a developer or developer friendly. That weeds out a lot of people. And then you have people listening who are developers and what could they do? Well, they have to be really good at marketing. They have to, uh, I mean, you, you would really have to tell them everything to make it super easy. And even if you did that, it's still so much work. You wouldn't necessarily yeah, have success, you know, who's so, foolish enough to try it. Oh, wait. <laughs> right. Maybe so anyway, that's kind of yeah. something to think about. 
No, I think that makes sense. There's also the whole element of, you know, kind of like you're saying, there's all of these pieces that need to be in place ahead of time. And then it, also, I feel like whatever you're getting into, you have to have, you have to have some desire to do that, right? Because even if you replicate it, you still have to deal with it now, right? So it's like, you almost have to like that domain, right? So if you're, if you have a garlic press SAS, right, you have to really like garlic or garlic presses or presses or something, even after you've built them, right, to, to persist that whole thing, as opposed to something like just a physical product, you work with a supplier, you maybe build a mold, maybe you just white label something. Whereas, yeah, with the SAS, you have to have all those other components, and then you have to, it's not like you can just throw it out there and then it, it sells either, right? You, you, you right. have to maintain that and you have to do that. So that, I guess, yeah, it is a little bit different and like you have to, you have to at least want to operate it or have somebody who wants to operate it and kind of maintain that that whole structure. So it has to be something that you like or that you're willing, again, going back to the Mark Manson stuff, that you're willing to suffer through, right? Because it is, it is a bit of mundane through right. some of the things. And do they like your and industry and they know your industry? Um, I think with yours, Jeff, right. from what I know about it, there are probably so few people that are listening to this show who would also be interested in that particular product or even serving that market because they just have no idea like what do you what i i don't even see the problem uh, right it's so out of it's sort of cam so camouflaged that to find the crossover of listeners on the show <laughs> or people who even will find it down the road and people who are like know that industry well enough to actually execute it well and can do the marketing that's quite a it's quite a pull there well and arguably like kevin now that you said that it's kind of like well who's all listening right so i think that's the i think that's the thing right so like you have until people start listening have a yeah, to get this up right so by the time by the time we we release these and arguably like i've been a little slow on releasing them so i've been i've been using yeah, what's the going on as like as like my testing for stuff um but yeah i mean by the time like we release it like you should be so far ahead that they're like, man, I, I should have started listening to that the first week it was released instead right. of finding you guys a couple years later when you're now famous doing interviews on the All In podcast. And I think... Uh, yeah, when is that Kevin... scheduled, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the one that knows Mark, right? Like, or... I don't know. Right. We could figure that out. Yeah, so I think, you know, good point. I mean, and and if they do find, let's say you are finally, you get the ball rolling, things are moving, you're, you're making revenue. People are going to join you in the podcast at that point. And maybe there's so many other episodes that they haven't, they're not going to maybe not listen to. Maybe they will, but very few people will actually go back and listen from day one. And so you kind of just catch up where you are and there's a lot of mystery to how you got there. So I, I would say in general, it's it's things are more on your side in that sense of whether to talk about it than, than against it, uh, you know, against you on that, you know, it seems like you have the cards uh, in your favor okay, uh, to be able to talk about it. That said, you know, don't give away your secret sauce. Right. If there's a particular, you know, you have five competitors out there. Great. It means no, this is not, a, this is not a, the first idea or first time someone's had that idea, but you don't have to give away what differentiates you kind of like secretly you can, there's things you can still withhold i think but i think the overall to topic is probably quite safe okay cool well that 
And this is good. Well, this don't reveal it now. Cool. Like, yeah, I'm yes. Sit on it. I think, I think, um, I think soon. I think soon. Cool. Think yeah. Soon. All right. So the reveal's coming up. So we'll ask you next week about the reveal. Yeah, do it. Hold me accountable for sure. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, I, I mean, I like think... about the reveal. I didn't say to reveal. I said about the reveal. No, no, no. But I, I think, I think it's good to listen. I can talk around the progress that I'm striving to make, and um, I want to be careful not to action fake or give give excuses. I want to make sure that I am making progress as you are making progress. Um, and I think that gives certainly our viewers, our listeners, you know, um, they can feel safe that it does take time and some of these questions we can answer together. So different well, perspectives. Even the stuff going on in, in your head, right? I mean, just in your mind, like, should I say this or should I not say this, right? Like, if you're not alone in that thinking, right? I mean, it, it, it happens to everybody. So I think letting people just get a glance, like get a glimpse inside, like it's like they're not the only ones questioning, like if they should do this or should not do this or should yeah, share or yeah. should not share, should build in public, shouldn't build in public, mm -hmm. whatever, shouldn't open source, shouldn't, you know, whatever. Right. I remember I, I remember years ago, I, I found this idea out there. Maybe it was um, an existing plugin I wanted to build. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to literally copy everything. And uh, I tried my best to copy the technology, the marketing. I even copied stuff on their website. Failed. They were doing great. I still <laughs> failed. I just was like, ah, you know. Uh, so, you know, it, again, they probably had stuff that I couldn't see behind the curtain right. that had made them successful that I just was not able to, to perceive. Right. And, Maybe I could have found out about it if I had listened, but not necessarily uh, listened to some huh. like So, you know, it's, it's uh, hard. That, that said, I didn't mention this, but I am going to be pivoting the company to a, making a podcast SaaS now uh, since I've been on this show. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad that we can contribute to your ultimate <laughs> yeah. success, you know. Right. Yeah. I just realized it's such a much better Kevin's idea. like, on the backs of others, I will <laughs> right, exactly. right, right, I'm going to get there one way or another. Right. Well, good luck. You're welcome. Yeah. I hope you like RSS. Yeah. And XML. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about them, but you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, they anyways, seem like uh, those people. Exactly. <laughs> any kind of uh, any things in the news that have sparked your interest uh, recently, or things that you're excited about this year uh, that you you ever came? I. Uh... What about Olama? Have you guys played oh, with yeah. that? I have a little bit. But what have you what have you gotten into recently? No, so what's cool is uh, so kind of when we're thinking about, um, so I had like a weird issue where like I couldn't connect to OpenAI. Like there was I don't know if it was I don't think it was down, but like there was something weird with my key. And so, anyways, I'm like, man, that sucks. And so I'm thinking for like some of the stuff that I'm doing, like this is pretty simple. Like I don't need it doesn't need to have like advanced reasoning or anything. So you know, Olama runs in a container, so I. I actually started to build a container, then I realized like, oh, there's already a public container, so you can just Docker pull Olama. So then, and you run that, it in your command line, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can do it from like even from your desktop. Um, it does, it does light up all my cores because I don't, uh, I don't have the, I don't have an NVIDIA GPU in my desktop. Yeah. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna put one of those in and see if it goes faster. But for the most part, like it, it's been pretty. It seems promising, right? So I've just been playing around with some of the different models to understand like what, like even just comparing them, like comparing their outputs, to figure out like will this work? And so then I kind of thought like I might take more seriously like self-hosting some of my models mm, so then I can nice. maybe train them. Um, so even like thinking if people have their own podcasts, I I was thinking about, you know, building AIs for each person. Yeah. Right. So kind of thinking or, like what would the person exactly. say or whatever. Yeah. Because um, then you could keep so, the context to the to the customer. Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I was, I was sort of thinking around that, around that area. And I'm thinking like if I could do that locally with models or I don't know, like I'd have to, I'd have to dig into it a little bit deeper, but yeah. I've been kind of excited about um, like, so right now I have, I've actually have the code written. So when I generate some podcast fields or whatever, like I actually take them now from an Olama model and it returns back. It, I mean, they look about the same, what I get from, and I'm using like GPT-4 Turbo or GPT-4, I think it's a, the 1106 or whatever. And so like, I'm still using that and it, they look respectably the same. So I, I one, I guess I'm, I'm definitely not taxing that GPT with anything hard. And then two, you know, what I'm asking it aren't, it isn't that hard of a question. So that's, what about response time? Is it different? Lovely. Oh, it's <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but it's slower. Um, yeah. Like just in in the way it generates the yeah, output, it, it takes a, l a little bit longer. But I haven't I haven't plugged in uh, a GPU, and then also even just getting like a, some cloud GPU somewhere like that might that you can might get them faster. on. Uh, I think two things with that is I think um, DigitalOcean is going to be releasing a GPU um, server like component that you can use, and they may even be releasing like a model thing where you can use one of their you can choose your model and, and host it there. Um, but I think they have a GPU service coming out soon, which should be really affordable. But I know with Amazon, you can just, for like a hundred bucks a month, you can just rent a GPU server or a server with certain yeah. GPUs. And I so think that's, that's where you want to start comparing, right, Steve? I mean, you want to know, hey, am I, based on the costs, where is the oh, most cost-effective yeah, place to run this, right? If I have to pay more than like $20, $30 a month, like I'm... yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, so like right now, my bill for OpenAI is, is pretty, pretty mm -hmm. cheap on the uh, from the API side. Mm -hmm. Now, arguably, I don't have, I don't have a ton of traffic. I'm not sending a ton of traffic, but it's still, it's fairly, it's fairly low. Like so, it's definitely less than a hundred bucks nice. every month. And so, if I have to spin up some instances, like again, it's just going to see like what what it looks like, and then. Yeah, I think the it was more of a thought experiment for me to say like, what happens? You know, everybody talks about platform lock-in, right? So even Rob's been on that on a couple of podcasts lately, talking about platform lock-in, right? I and then w when we saw like the stuff with OpenAI, like what if, you know, what if Pilly or whatever got their way and decided to shut it down? Um, so that would have that would have put potentially put me in a bind or whatever. So just kind of been thinking about that and now just making sure like I have everything right like from a platform perspective I, I can I can easily move the technology I'm using is pretty common so moving all of that moving my hosting any of that it's pretty easy but 
you know, some of the APIs that I'm dependent on. Like I need to make sure that I have, I at least have an answer if something goes wrong with them. And so now I've kind of proven that, but it is slower so far. I think uh, I was going to say there's a, again, with the digital ocean thing, there's something called paper trail. It's basically like build your AI powered business with paper, paper space. I'm sorry. So I'll put a link in there. And basically, you can kind of do self, you know, a hosted model or something like that. Oh, sweet. Cool. So um, just for time's sake, anything else before we wrap up? I will potentially be in New York City <laughs> next podcast. Um, you know, we should start keeping like stickers. We can just apply to the... Uh, you know, the traveling bag of where I've delivered, you know, where I've participated in podcasts. Um, that, 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 that's got to be good for something. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. So you've been Spain, Toronto, and maybe New York coming soon. Yep. Yeah. More to come for sure. Incredible. <laughs> what about you, cool. Kevin? Anything, anything new or you? I'm just going to hopefully get to work this week and hopefully have some better outcomes next week and more to report. So that'll be fun. How was your wilderness, your wilderness journey? (laughs) It it was good. I miss it. Actually. I want to go back. Well, I I mean, like, what did you get out of it? Did, was there a return, right? Um, I have yet to see, but I do think I just needed to kind of take a little bit of a break and just kind of be remember. It it gave me perspective. I'll put it that way. It it was like pulling me away from just the minutia of what I think is so important. And I really do. And I just, maybe that's why I haven't really been that productive this week. Cause I was just like, yeah. And that's, it it was kind of nice. I was like, I haven't had that for a while. So I'm going to try to make that a regular thing. And, you know, I think it's, it's less about the goals and more just about the experience and just remembering what's important. And that it was a beautiful thing. The guy had a, an old record player in there and he had a bunch of old albums, like, you know, from the sixties and stuff. And so I turned off the Spotify and I just listened to records all, all weekend. It was quite lovely. It was like, you know, I could, I could play this on Spotify, but it was like the experience of listening with the pops. and the sure. cracks. Yeah. It, was, it was fun overall. I would recommend it. Awesome. That's so cool. Cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you guys next week and uh, hearing we have some exciting things coming up. Uh, For those of you who are listening, if you haven't, please, uh, you know, if you've been listening to our show and you like what we're doing and you want to keep us uh, going with this, please feel free to leave a review and let us know how you like it in in iTunes or whatever it is now, Apple Podcasts. So great. Until next time, we'll see you. All right. See you guys. See everybody.